Hello and welcome to episode two of Parked, a disc golf podcast. My name is Mitch Phillips and joining me as always is Justin Killaway. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good, bud. How are you tonight? Doing swell. Also joining me is Hayden Ricard. How's it going? Dude, I'm doing all right, man. I'm back from Colorado joining us for episode two. I know. I was really, really upset that I didn't get to, but I listened to your first episode on the road in Colorado as we were heading towards Georgia. Nice. And a totally unbiased opinion from Hayden as a co-host. That's good to know. <laughs> you know, he loved awesome. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Of he course. Had to. We, yes. we made him a yes. group text. Yeah. <laughs> of course. No, I, I mean, you can ask Haley in the chat. Like, I liked it. It yeah, was, it was really good. It. So, but no, it was a long trip, but glad to be back. Awesome, man. We're glad to have you. Hayden and I are actually in person tonight, and uh, Justin is down in Florida. So, hopefully, we'll be able to do a, a joint all in person podcast later on this weekend would be a lot of fun that would be a lot of fun we always got to start off with what are you sipping on oh mm. you're right what are we sipping on what are you what are you drinking tonight justin are you you're through i'm many? actually yeah so so last week if you tune in last week and if you didn't go back and again listen to us on spotify or on uh, apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast i kroger messed up and i got two 12 packs of pepsis i managed to conquer a whole 12 pack of pepsi in the last week so between Jeez. last Monday night and this Monday night. Tonight, however, I am sipping on a nice rye whiskey by Redemption. Ooh, ooh. yummy. Drink, stepping it up a notch. That's right. He said, last week, Kroger messed me up. We had Pepsi instead of Dr. Pepper. Not even going to touch the soda. No. Drinking it straight. Are we going on the rocks or are we going <laughs> it is, real man? It is on the rocks. I put two mm. cubes in there. Two. Okay. No more than, if you're less only, than two. Only two. Good. Only I two. I got the nice whiskey. Blocks. Oh, the rocks. Yeah, those things are nice. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. Hayden, what are you sipping on? I am sipping on something from Mitch's fridge, and it is a Sierra Nevada summer break session. Ooh. Hazy. Ooh. Hayden and I love the hazies. That is what we uh, They are really great. Stick to. And I'm sipping on a extremely hazy it's from Scofflaw here in Atlanta. Double vision. This is a gosh, there's a this is a limited series. It's a double India pale ale, absolutely beast mm. of a of a beer. Uh, cashmere, which is my personal favorite hop, um, is the kind of leading of this guy. And it's Can a you weird say aftertaste. This uh, no, this, this is, is a, his last this is a beer one. I got for my dad for Father's Day, and I got a four pack. So each of us got two. Yeah, he so didn't. Nice. He didn't even want to share with me. I only got. A oh, I, I didn't even share it with Hayden. Nope. Yeah, I didn't do that. No, it's okay, though. <laughs> Goodness. And also, being that this tur- this tournament, while wow, I'm reading the word tournament, being that this podcast is called Parked, what is the last hole that you parked, Justin? So tonight, I'm going to have to kind of break the norm. Uh, I did not – I haven't had a middle play in two weeks, so I don't have a last hole that I parked. However, oh. I did take myself Is there something going on in your life that you Saturday. Well, I have a small child that I am here to care for, and that Florida weather it. is yeah. disgusting. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we got this this tropical yeah, storm Elsa making her way through. Mm-hmm. Well, it's longer a hurricane. Apparently, it's yes, powered down sorry. now, but still, you know, in the way, being obnoxious on top of a seven-week-old. Um, yeah. However, I did get a chance to, to go and do some field work on Saturday and managed to find myself joining the 400 club for the first time. There so you go. instead of parked, I will say, I threw you a, according to you, Disc, I threw a VIP sword, uh, 410 feet. Andrew used to throw those, I think. Is that more? Yeah, he threw kings. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. He threw well, kings. The king is faster. I've never, 
Okay. More stable and faster. Yeah. So the, the, thir- the, the king's a 13 speed, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. The sword is a 12. I think it's like a 12 5. Yeah. Uh, it's got some turn and then it says it has stability, but honestly, it's yeah, a little more just a, it'll, it has like a late <laughs> turn come back to fade. Yeah. It's, it can get yeah. swirly. Well, that's awesome, dude. Joining the 400 club is big. It is. It is a righteous passage. It is. <laughs> well, uh, Hayden and I actually went and played before this. Uh, we had, we. I guess if we can, we're going to try to do that as a Monday night, kind of like a pre-pod. I mean, why not? Round. Why not? We can. We Even if it's together. separate, though. I mean, still, oh, yeah. I have got a disc golf course that's right outside my apartment, so I, there's no excuse there. Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. alongside Hayden tonight, and I got to see him park it. So what is the, the last hole you parked? I parked hole nine at Oregon Park here in Marietta, Georgia, and it was kind of lucky, though. I got a weird... Forward skip with an F five and literally was like five feet from the basket. That's great. Yeah, and it's a flippy F five and it's got a lot of trees, but it got real lucky. So yeah, super wooded hole. It's a yeah. tough one to park. Even get inside the circle, you're feeling pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, right after that, I threw hole ten. Uh, Hayden is warming up for a tournament. He's got a couple weeks, so we didn't even play the whole round. So that was our last hole. But I uh, threw a Prodigy four hundred G F five is my favorite uh, Heiser flip disc. I threw it. And it just absolutely parked it. It's been a long time since I've... Uh, well, it used to be, you know, we could park it a lot. And then we started hitting that dang tree. Well, the tree started getting bigger. Yeah. I also started leaning. I also been battling injuries. <laughs> and your power has My not power been there. Yeah. I lost probably over 100 feet so, distance. So well, you're getting it back. back which, is, uh, which is happy. But yeah, I threw that F5. Absolutely parked it. I didn't even take the bag off to put it in the, in the basket. No, he did not. Oh, that's, he that's he, he reached part. behind his back and just oh, yeah. grabbed the putter. Which isn't the easiest. You get a nice like stretch sometimes. But anyway, moving on. That is, uh, again, we are parked. That's why we go every week and we say, what's the last hole you parked? If you've never parked a hole or if you parked a hole for the first time, be sure to let us know on Instagram at Parked Podcast. Uh, we'd love to continue the conversation over there. Um, but let's get into tonight. Um, big talking points. We had Disc Golf Pro Tour deal um, with ESPN2. We had the Clash of the Canyons tournament. It was an A-tier. It was a silver, or sorry, it was a silver series. And then we also had uh, the Majestic, some new molds. A lot of stuff to get into here. Uh, so, Justin, why don't you talk us through what happened with the Disc Golf Pro Tour and ESPN? Yeah, so to kind of round out the big weekend coming out of Worlds, uh, Pro Tour comes out and announces that they have signed a multi-series deal with ESPN2. So they're going to air, ESPN2 is then going to air a couple of tournaments from the Pro Tour on their channel. The first one they announced that they're going to air is the Portland Open. Now... Which is a good choice. Mm-hmm. It is a great choice, but this does bring in a little bit of the controversy of this idea of being on ESPN2 is the Portland Open has already happened. Hence why we're all like, oh, that's a fantastic choice, especially with how the final nine went down. Yeah. Um, it's also airing on August 4th. So that does give some time for the Portland Open to kind of fade out of existence, especially by August. I think we'll be, we'll be a good bit of the way through the Eastern Seaboard Tour and then heading in towards the DGPT finale. Um, the only kind of bit of uh, controversy that I think about this is you can find all the coverage for Portland all over YouTube because most likely what will happen is they are going to just recycle Jomez and Disc Golf Pro Tour, like the Disc Golf Network, their live coverage. They'll recycle those two coverages together, maybe a few of the FBO cards that were filmed, maybe some of the chase cards from MPO, and they'll just kind of mash them together. 
to create this ESPN2 coverage. Right. So my question is there is why didn't they sign something live? I don't think our sport, I mean, as much as we, I know we the love growth. it, it's not, it's not at the point. I think a point to make is just we don't have the monetary value of it True, is not as big. But I also think it's interesting. This is so far in post. This feels yeah, like an way far. This feels like, hey, we had last week we talked about it for 16 hours, all about James Conrad throwing in and went number one yeah. on Sports Center, all this stuff. But then this feels like an afterthought. Oh, like, crap, disc golf actually is bigger than we thought. Yeah. Following is bigger than we thought. All the social medias were blowing up. And now it's like, hey, let's let's have this happen. And was it last year or the year before that uh, the Dynamic Discs Open went live? But they did it with CBS Sports. It was, CBS. It was last year. So it was last yeah, was last year coming out, out of COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we, all, we also that, still had ESPN2 well, last year as well. Right, right. Well, the big thing is, though, is with the DDO, they did that ahead of time. So CBS was there shooting coverage the whole time. They had their cameras plus Jomez, and it felt like way more of a planned thing. Exactly. And it wasn't just this, oh, we're now going to throw this on here. And I think that's a big talking point because it's not going to feel maybe as professional as that did as you sure. had, you know, German Sexton and their CBS sports Yeah, shirts. exactly. It felt a lot more produced. But also we got to remember, it was also cut down to t- not even two hours. Yeah, and it was, it was the whole tournament. So we're going to see not every throw. We're going to see no, you're gonna miss everything. and cuts, and it's going to be a different vibe. They're going to use sure. a few different yeah. graphics. And I do wonder right, exactly. um, if maybe this these conversations that have already been happening, and I wonder if the James Conrad throw-in was what pushed ESPN to go, okay, does oh, no network. I'm sure. Pro I mean, Tour, we you hear look up you. The, the amount of views on Instagram that that thing had, it was like astronomical. You had YouTubers. Off of who's you Anyone's anyone's I mean, I mean you had yeah, a random Schmo that was there that was getting 30,000 views on his angle that he saw of it, you know? Um, so it's definitely a good thing. I think it's a big thing that is happening at 8 p.m. Do you know what day of the week August 4th is? I'm not sure off the top of my head. I did not look that far in advance, but I certainly it is a <laughs> It's a Wednesday night. <laughs> it's a Wednesday night. <laughs> what a gut shot. Wednesday night at 8. Tune in to ESPN2. Like no one's going to watch that. It was at eight, but I think it comes down to it's these little wins and it is an excitement to have our sport of a great tournament on a great course designed by Dustin Keegan, super last minute that ended up, wasn't supposed to happen and did happen. I mean, we can gripe about it and want to make it as best as we can. But I think at the end of the day, it's huge for our sport to be on live television on prime time. No and it's what, also it just, it's the first of many, like the way the, to- the announcement was made, Mm-hmm. Is that there's not just this tournament happening, but there's going to be more, which could lead into like C- with the CBS deal where ESPN2 starts showing up to some of these future tournaments. We start seeing their cameras on property to even if it's still post produced, at least right. it will look even more professional. Whereas this is just their first just being like, hey, let's get a tournament on air and then we'll start rolling, rolling from there. Yeah, I think it's something to, to begin with. And it's something I work in, in marketing and stuff. And it's something to always say is it at the beginning is it's quantity over quality is it's getting it out there knowing that's going to happen. And a, a great point, uh, from our, our live chat here on Spotify green room, uh, Bennett said it may feel weird with other voices and tones putting in their input to disc golf. Uh, he's saying he wonders who the voice of disc golf will be on ESPN or if they will partner with Jomez. That's a really good point. That's, that's a, a great point. point. Cause yeah. it was definitely a good move on CBS's part to have uh, big sexy do the commentary. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, why why would you not? I mean, those guys have so much of, of a voice in the disc golf community. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you not have them? Yeah, it would definitely feel odd to not have guys that you knew, but they may just take the Jomez coverage straight up and we'll move from there. Um, but either way, wrapping that, that part up, it's definitely a big thing. Could you 
Never mind. I'll, no, no, never mind. It, it's kind of a comment, but it's like, what do you think if Jomez sold to CBS? If they took their coverage yeah. and said, hey, here ESPN, yeah. CBS. And they bought it from them. They probably are in some way. I'm sure it's a huge deal going yeah. behind, behind the... Like, that's form. crazy. That dude... Just yeah. the amount of like what, just what he went from, from to now where he's at. Right. And we talked about this. I know Hayden and I and you, Justin and I have too, talking about the running it with Nate Sexton podcast with Johnny, Jonathan Gomez talking about going from, hey, I just happened to have a camera a while huge, I was on vacation. A small camera and he's just and now worked at an auto body store. Exactly. Right. So anyway, it's it's an awesome, awesome thing for sure. Um, moving on, Justin, you want to walk us through the uh, the PDGA board elections are open there now through July 31st. You want to walk yes. through some of So if you're listening to this, yeah. So if you're listening to this and you are a PDGA member, you should have gotten an, an email about this or you've seen it maybe on Facebook, if you follow the PDGA or Instagram. So what it is, they have a board of directors. Uh, their website was pretty vague on what these three actual positions are other than there's the board of directors. So there you have it. Uh, there are three spots <laughs> open. We have eight candidates who have put their name in for the running. And I'll just briefly run through these guys and a touch on what on where they're from and kind of their focus. So the first is Wilbur Wallace out of Illinois. His big focus is on the EDGE program. If you don't know what the EDGE program is, it is disc golf for kids. It's getting it into the hands of, of kids and like school properties uh, educating them on what disc golf is. That way it's more than just a basket in the middle of the woods going, I wonder what that is. Um, so his big focus is on the EDGE program, which is a nonprofit. And he kind of, when you see a Jomez star frame, that is money towards EDGE, which is a charity, uh, as well as he wants to push for getting disc golf into schools, which as a teacher in a school, I would love to see that more as well. Uh, the next uh, candidate is Robert Decker. He is out of Kansas. Now, Decker is actually an incumbent he is actually running up for re-election, and the main thing I saw that he focused on was finances. He really like boasted about pulling the PDGA through tough times. I presume he was meaning kind of COVID and maybe some of its kind of just recent years where it may have been dipping in finances. But he wants to continue working on the financial side of the uh, association. Then you have Tim Petria out of Georgia. Uh, he is the only thing I could find is he is a parks and rec director. And I'm assuming that somehow he would bring that connection into a, a spot on the board and getting disc golf into more parks. I just wish it could be a Florida. cool thing. I yeah. Really I just wish what do you mean? Florida, you wish Georgia. Florida. You're a Georgia boy. You're, you're I am a Georgia, born and raised. I am a Georgia boy, but I don't have We're enough parks. Boys. I don't have enough courses down here. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> depending in my area. Depending on where you're at, I was going to say yeah. like Pan, Panhandle and like Tampa area. There's a lot of places. Yeah, on Udisc it's mm. like populated. But anyway, that's kind yeah. of his that's his background as Parks and Rec and he's done actually Parks and Rec not just Georgia, but I think I saw Maine and another Midwest state as well. So he's been around a good minute. <laughs> then we have Will McCaskill uh, out of Tennessee. He is a longtime tournament director of the Music City Open. So he's looking to get himself onto the board. Again, could not, could not mm -hmm. find what he was looking for. Uh, then we have Michael Munn from Mississippi. He focuses more so on junior disc golf, which right now uh, on the DDO course, they're hosting the junior worlds as well as improving yeah. uh, tech equipment for TDs at events. So the live scoring and keeping up yeah. with that rules. 
definitely something to focus on. I think COVID brought that a ton of people yeah. using. I mean, I know on our Tuesday night league at Oregon Park here in Marietta, Georgia. I mean, we are now doing everything on UDisc, and it's great. It's Absolutely. simple. It's cleaner. It's just consistent. Way easier than cards, and it's just way better. UDisc is the future. It is. Um, so we have got three more. So John Baker, another Georgia. He is an attorney. Uh, again, not clear on goals other than helping manage the explosion. Hey, if of he can throw board. money our way, that's fine. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, you also have Lee, and I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Sinaginny. Uh, she's also from Georgia. She had these big three goals were very clearly laid out: transparency, diversity, and equity, and then awareness. She comes from an ultimate background and has only been playing disc golf since May of 2020, but is already awesome. touring on the FPO side. So she's been wow. playing a lot of the majors nice. and stuff. So that'd be a really cool thing to see, especially as most of these, if you've noticed, there's a trend, are male. And then you have mm. David Schreff out of California. He's, his background, and he like listed like his resume on there, was a ton of like sports <laughs> management and media background. And he came with big promises of adding to the growth as well as acceptance of disc golf, both professionally and recreationally. So if you are a PDGA member, those are your options. Um, and you can take more. There's three seats, correct? There's three seats people. available out of those eight people. They all have videos awesome. they attached with it, one incumbent, and then kind of based on how the stuff went down at Worlds, you know, you can take your opinions and feelings and right. cast your vote. Where, where can we vote for this? So you can follow the link sent. They, they sent you a ballot and an email. Um, there's also, if you go onto pdga.com over on the right, it talks about who's up for re-election and should have a link where if you're signed in as a member, you can vote there as well. But only members can vote. Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely big for our sport. I love that we have more than just one person that's heading a lot of that up. Well, it also helps. It's like all are from different areas. So it's like a lot of people are trying to just help and grow it. So it's great. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into some tournament coverage. This weekend, uh, we had uh, Clash of the Canyons in Illinois, and then we had the Majestic in Minnesota. Um, the Clash of the Canyons being a Silver Series, Majestic, I believe it was just an A-tier this year. Correct? It was just an, a two-day A-tier. They played yesterday. They played Saturday and yesterday the 4th. Oh, wow, it was only two days. I didn't know. Wow. But I believe the Majestic is a, is it 27 holes? Yes, yeah, it, it was a big, a big course, yes. It's a beast. Is that a Kale, is that a Kale Levisco design? Or is it dark and partial? No, I can't uh, remember. I'm not sure on before that one. his time. I know it's been around he's... 30 years. I've seen yeah, that it's much, been around, so, so probably well, not designed by him. Probably but not. Influenced by him for sure. I mean, everything. He I think so. Yeah, with the, with the preserve and everything up there. Yep. Um, well, let's get into Clash of the Canyons. The biggest thing that I, I didn't know this um, is, I mean, there's best courses in the world according to UDisc. This course uh, at Delwood Park, uh, it's called the Canyons at Delwood, um, is coming in at number eight ranked course in the world which is insane and also the second highest rated public course so you can just go play it the whenever it's just amazing i mean the fact that they're playing that level of of course yeah as a public course right as a public course you don't find that often and they were talking on coverage too oh sorry go ahead Hayden. you're good i mean you look at the list it's half of them are private yeah i can read through here Uh, maple hill number one hillcrest farm never heard of that um, Crowhole. I was Crow Crowhole. I was assuming that's in Europe. Private course. I mean, everyone knows Blue Ribbon Pines. 
private. Uh, Brewster Ridge, of course, up in Vermont. That's a dream. That's, I'd love to go up there. Would and play be that. fantastic. Uh, Flip City, don't know that one. Uh, number seven, the uh, Diavolo disc golf course. I'm sure that one where the tournament was is the canyons. Uh, everyone knows Idlewild at number nine. And one, actually, we were talking with our friend Bryson today. He got to go play number ten over on his honeymoon at Milan McIver in Oregon. So, I mean, to join those names and have a silver series there is, is pretty huge. So, um, Roaring River all throughout the course, absolutely beautiful place. I mean, just, yeah, watching the coverage was like, I was like, what is this course? This looks fantastic. Yeah, it was gorgeous. There was a lot of cool bridges going over the top. Mm-hmm. And there was like spectators over huge bridges. I mean, did they cap the, uh, what's called the spectators? I don't know if they did. I don't know. I didn't see anything didn't, on it. Yeah, I didn't see or hear anything about the, it didn't the gallery like it. there. The gallery looked packed. a lot smaller, though, compared to Worlds, for sure. Oh, yeah, I, I would imagine that. Being Silver a public series, course, it was a silver public series. Room, it, was, yeah. it was private. Or not private. It was a public course, but not nearly as much room. Yeah. I don't know. Whoever designed it, I mean, it was a fantastic design. I love how it played through. It looked great. Um, and I've only watched it shortly here. Um, so only a couple of rounds that I got to watch. And I was like, man, going to make that on the list to go play mm-hmm. since it's public. So. No but all right, let's get into it. So, I mean, yeah, the class where do you want to start? Yeah. I mean, we, there's a, a lot to talk here. No, um, just some, some big points. I mean, obviously we can get into who won and, and everything. We'll talk through the ending of this. Cause this did go to a playoff on the men's side. Um, but on the women's side, we had Kristen Tatar, uh, take it down and just it was so awesome to see. We had talked about her last week. And she's the, to, she's the one that can throw really, really far. Yeah, that was the one you sent me the video of. Yeah. Disc golf uh, pro tour put up a video of her. I believe was the only birdie in the women's I think field. So, yeah, on that yes. one. Yeah, the one par four. Yeah, and it was just. I mean, she played it better than I, I could ever dream of playing that hole. I mean, <laughs> probably threw it further than I could on that hole. She smashed it, and then I mean to go and she won. She was at minus one, won the tournament by three, and was that her one of her first, if not a very small amount of victories here on American soil? So I don't remember what her PDGA said. Um, but I believe so. Yeah, but absolutely joy to watch her take down FPO. And then on the men's side, a lot of action happening with the way that that one ended. Um, some highlights going into that. Also, we had um, a name that everyone's throwing around, a name that anyone in disc golf, anyone on YouTube knows. We had Brody Smith make the lead card coverage on round two, um, which is awesome. It's um, impressive. And absolutely impressive. Um, and then... Kind of, I mean, we had an ace on round two from Gavin Babcock on hole 11. Um, kind of the one everyone was running. The basket was like, what, two feet off the ground? It was a weird... I think so, yeah. It was a, it very, was a very, very short basket. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. I think that's it. I didn't see the ace, but I think that's the hole we're talking about. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but we'll kind of walk through the end of this. Um, not, one more point uh, to show to you. In fifth place, before we kind of walk down the line, uh, we got a shout out Ezra Robinson here in Georgia. I mean, we watched this kid grow up. The Robinson family is incredibly well known all around Georgia and around Atlanta disc golf. I lost to him when he was 13 years old and I was like 20 something and absolutely got destroyed by a 13 year old smashing putts with a rhino from like 70 feet. I mean, it's all thanks to his father. Yeah. I mean, they grew up where we grew up playing soccer, Hayden up playing soccer. I mean, these, the Robinson boys have grown up playing disc golf and it shows. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely awesome to see his name on the leaderboard there. Um, and then also Gannon Burr, I believe he's prodigy sponsor guy, um, from Iowa, 16 years old, finished his fourth place. Yeah. 
like 16. The dude yeah. is, is probably having to read a, a book for literature. <laughs> <laughs> He's on I mean, summer, probably, summer homework. It's summer, that's, so it means summer homework. Yeah, that sucked. Oh, I don't know if I ever actually read. I did not. I books. just did the Google search, the cliff notes. The cliff notes that He's was probably the pulling out spark, spark notes on every oh, yeah, spark pad notes, cliff notes, like, yeah. Justin, you're a history teacher, so how do you feel about yeah, what do you think about about summer homework? About summer, well, I teach middle schoolers, so they don't get assigned summer homework. Oh, uh, yeah, there you go. I never, Wait, when I was never that? I definitely had school. summer homework in middle school. Did you? Did we? Our no, that was not only high school. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, to be we 16. We went to the same middle school, so it's yeah. either one or the other. Yeah, no, it was definitely <laughs> high school. Right. I'll, tell, I'll tell the audience this. If you end up having me as a teacher, you're listening to this for whatever reason, and you're 17, 16, and you're playing disc golf professionally... I will excuse your assignment for professional disc golf. Dang. Hey, there you go. Everybody someone, wants someone to take... tag the Jacksonville City Limits. <laughs> <on that. laughs> He's giving, giving students the upper edge. Hey, whatever, whatever it man. Whatever it takes, man. <laughs> yeah, you had my brother paying people to do his freaking papers and stuff in high school. So. Yeah, right. If he's not doing that, at least he's putting it out. And Something, man. Fourth in a elite series or a silver series tournament so oh, that's good though i mean fourth i mean that's better yeah, than to I, be 16 years old and do that i mean i was 16 when i was we were playing soccer on its ridiculous amateur level and playing world of warcraft that was about it <laughs> yeah that was probably about it yeah i wasn't thinking about disc golf not much goodness we're getting I, into um how this one uh can't uh, just finished out uh hole 17 uh it was uh, chandler fry nearly aces hole 17 in one of the weirdest most reactions like it there's wood all around the back of the basket was it chandler it was matt was it chandler or was it matt it was matt was it matt i think so well they both almost aced it yeah that's true okay no, no, it was it was matt because chandler hit the tree you're right yes. my bad. yeah that's my fault yeah matt throws it it bounces off the back of the wood it's and changed. then it bounces like a like a basketball off a wall and rebounds off of it and nearly aces it which was crazy to see. I mean, on the to do is oh my gosh, it was awesome. It was such a good throw. Everybody on that hole had a good throw. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, even I mean, everybody did. So it was it was really cool to see that come off that wood and just nick some chains, and it just just your heart drops like, and then it's like, oh come on, yeah, would have been, been fantastic. Awesome. Oh yeah, to see would have been awesome to see it back on Sports Center. I mean, yeah, I feel like right? all we get is it was, it was cool going circling back to Worlds. It was awesome to see something that wasn't an ace exactly on Sports Center. Enough. We talked about that last, week. Um, but just really cool. Um, on hole eighteen, Dan Schlitter, who's on the uh, chase card, not even on coverage, hits it. They kind of cut back and forth to him a couple times throughout the round. He hits a circle's edge put on eighteen to tie for the lead. Um, Terry Roethlisberger walks up on eighteen. He throws a line that no one else was throwing. He like kind of a flex Anheuser line out of his hand using the whole left side of the fairway to avoid some trees and absolutely park the hole um, to then tap in to tie uh, tie Dan Schlitter. They go to a playoff. Dan absolutely laces the line. Um, Terry goes a little bit inside and left and then gets very, very stuck. You could say local route for uh, Schlitter. Oh, yeah. He knew exactly <laughs> where he was going. Yeah. Played it perfectly. Terry had... He just got unlucky. Yeah. He hit a late tree... But he went inside, and it was just he couldn't couldn't survive. No, and then he throws kind of an odd hyzer line to try to get down there. His his third shot then hits a tree pretty much right out of his hand, and he kind of knew uh, it was over there. And yeah. throws a great upshot. I believe he's throwing the ringer um, from Discraft. He's a Discraft sponsor player. Um, lays it up, 
right after that from about 28 feet to then putt in for the win. This is his first A-tier win. Um, he's sponsored by Discraft. He's an Illinois local, does a ton for that, sponsored by Delwood Disc Golf. Um, and, he, I mean, to come off the chase card to win any tournament, to be your first A-tier tournament and come off a chase card and win it in a playoff, I mean, you can't write a better. No, you can't. And for that kind of guy, I mean, at least from what I was listening to, what he was talking about, I mean, he was really humble. Didn't even oh, yeah. didn't talk about himself. And Mitch brought up that point, too. At all. Didn't talk about himself. Literally was just giving out to his sponsors and talking about how much they have helped him get to where he is. Yeah. And it's it was and more good. more than even his sponsors. He was talking all about the community. Exactly. Yeah. Around him, everyone mm-hmm. wanted to make this course a priority. And I thought that was just such a cool. Is that a northern Illinois course? I'm not exactly sure where it is. Okay. I want to say that's near the like Joliet Prison and all that, where they do the the weekly stuff in the old prison. They have a disc golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's right around there. Okay. In Illinois, I'm not exactly sure what city it's in. Just curious. We uh, drove through Illinois, so. Yeah, there you go. Hayden's like, we drove through every single state on the way to Colorado. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Goodness, but just just like I said, awesome to see him uh, be able to to take that down his first A tier win and let it be a silver series at that. I love that he said we're hoping that Schlitter becomes a household name. And something you got to point out, his signature discs, or not signature discs, his tour series discs, um, kind of the funding discs of his tour this year. Uh, what do they say? It says get Schlitt on. Or what just get Schlitt on? It doesn't give it, like it, yeah, it's very punny. Yeah, it's absolutely hilarious. Um, so just, just an all-around great guy to pull from his Instagram post. He literally posted not three minutes uh, before we started recording this. Um, he just... I mean, he said, I managed to pull off one of the biggest disc golf, uh, to pull off my biggest disc golf win in my career this weekend at the Clash of the Canyons and is in Lockport, Illinois. I can't even put into words what this experience means to me. I can never fathom the overwhelming support that Illinois showed all weekend. Special thanks to the community of volunteers and the Delwood team for absolutely knocking out of the park. Thanks to GK Pro and Disc Golf Network for covering the event, documenting my greatest win to date. And he just kept just shouting out so many different people. I mean, all these different names of people that are run small tournaments and Dan himself runs a ton of tournaments and local uh, events throughout the week. And just an overall great guy. And he closes his post um, with saying, I'll remember this win for the rest of my life. And I appreciate every single person who added to this amazing weekend in any way. So awesome for him uh, to be able to take that down and to be his first A tier win. It was good coverage to watch. I mean, realistically it was a great course. Great finish. Can't ask for anything better. For sure. And not getting any coverage, uh, video coverage this week was the Majestic. Justin, you want to take us there? Yeah, I'm trying to pull it up on PDGA, but as far as the top two, so the Majestic, if you're not if you're not aware of it, is a is an event that's been held for the last 30 years, making it one of the most prestigious A-tier events in the sport. It's a gorgeous, like we said, like 25 or 27 hole course that winds its way through these beautiful woods with very iconic hallways and crazy shots that you have to pull off. Um, and so last year it was covered by Parsafe Productions, and I was hoping that they would come back this yep. year and film it again. They did not. Have they However, done any one, other footage? I don't I, think so. They, so I checked their Instagram there at night because I was curious because I figured that might come up. They haven't mm-hmm. shared anything on social media or YouTube for the last six months. Yeah, it's probably something uh, they did like as a secondary thing. But I remember their coverage being incredible. They I love some really it. cool. I think so. They did some cool Steadicam stuff. I don't remember their graphics, their graphic, graphic animations. Probably were, have like, really cool. Mm-hmm. 
definitely you um, could tell it was a bunch of guys that were doing some really good work, but maybe not their full time job and wasn't able to. Yeah, maybe COVID may have level. COVID may have given them that ability to go out and do right. stuff. No doubt. So, uh, one thing that I wanted to point out is you have a lot. Some, you have some other big names playing at the Majestic this weekend. So Kevin Jones was back. He was defending his title from last year. Kale LaVisca, who we mentioned, his own personal courses are up there in the Minnesota. It is Minnesota, correct? Am I got that right? Yes, it's in Minnesota. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's in East, so, East Bethel, East, Minnesota. East Bethel. So Kale was playing at the Majestic. James Conrad, who we, you know, last week we were saying, oh, yeah, he probably is going to take a week off because he just won Worlds. James Conrad was actually there playing um, at... Majestic this as is well. Crazy. I thought we were taking, like you just said. I mean, I would have taken a break if it right. was me. Right. And there's sometimes in the past years that they haven't been able to take a break. No, exactly. I know when Greg Barsby won his world title, well, he went, went straight, straight to United States Championships. Yes. yes. Like the week after, I, w- I went there. Um, it's about four hours away um, from where we live around the Atlanta area to go to the United States Championships. And I remember seeing Greg, and I'm like, I was like, dude, congrats, but why are you here? Like I asked him that. I was like. <laughs> Shouldn't you be like chilling? But he, I mean, it's the United States Championship. That's a good so one. what they do, Imagine man. Imagine if he would have gone world champion right straight into oh, that the been United States yeah. in less than ten days apart. Like that'd what? been wild. Just crazy. Doing this, get back into it. Yeah, yeah. So, and the majestic is played on Blue Ribbon Pines, which, in my opinion, is one of the, and which is why it's number five. So we mentioned it earlier on that list of top ten courses in the world. Number eight being the canyons. Number five is Blue Ribbon Pines. That's definitely on my bucket list of courses I want to go play. Um, the MPO, I'll go ahead and go into the winners real quick before I go into one of the talking points I wanted to bring up. But the MPO winner was a kid named Noah Mainzma. He is 10-17 rated and has won almost $50,000 since he started his official professional PDG membership back in 2013. Yeah, Which is, the, how old is he, Hayden? I you don't know, know, but he's, he's like 20, he's like 20, he, he's he's 23. Very, he's 23. He's very young. And I was just looking, I was like, what the actual heck? <laughs> the amount of time and how much he's won since then is... I don't cuff, even know cuff, how much he's won Local, year, local hero, like, just, cuff, cuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah just like crazy i was just like holy crap if, if he's 23 that means he started getting his pdg membership probably when he was about 13 14 or no eight years ago it's, it's so it was 2013 he would have been 17 16 yeah so in the time that he was 16 until he turned 21 dude has made yes, fifty thousand dollars nearly yeah. from disc golf yeah i've probably spent close to 50 oh yeah for <laughs> sure <laughs> i mean I've been playing for almost 11, 12 years now, and I don't even want to know the price tag that I've spent on disc golf. I don't too want much. To know. Yeah, I don't. I don't want. To I could probably buy a Tesla. What was that? A uh, Hayden and I used to play a ton of League of Legends, and there was a website that would tell you how I much money you I hated spent. That no, it was how much time you wasted, and then also how much money you spent yes. on like points for skins and different things. It was sickening. And you don't even realize it. I don't want to know. The, time, I, I, don't, I, I don't. I don't want to know. Wow. Well. Didn't even have the most out of some of our friends. But wow. Well. Well, if we could see time, wow. No, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> anyway, that's just sorry. Saying, off we topic. Spent a ton of money on things that were not that, and the kid is making tens of thousands of dollars. That's incredible, and to take down an A tier like the Majestic yeah. is crazy. On a great course. I don't know. It, it looks like an astronomical uh, kind of thing that I looked up. I was just like, what the heck? This is crazy. Yeah. 
Um, so Tyler, sorry, I'm looking at PD, PDGA put an article out. It was on their homepage, one of the first things you see when you click on it because it did just happen uh, yesterday. So hmm. looks like uh, Tyler won over Kale. Looks like they were battling Kale on lead card and Tyler came from behind on you chase Noah? card. You mean Noah? Noah, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know where I got Tyler from. I'm sorry. I'm reading it. <laughs> Other things. Sorry. Second episode will be great. By the time we get the 50th episode, be a pro. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he took it down over Kale. I wonder where Kevin Jones got left at. Uh, Kevin Jones finished in, in a, uh, a four-way tie for third place. Oh, Lord. Okay. See, again, I'd love some coverage. I know Terry Miller and his team, or at least he had some team out there. Um, so at some point on the Disc Golf Guy channel, you'll get a little bit of Blue Ribbon Pines. It just won't be the same as uh, Parsave. No doubt. They maybe I wonder if Parsave's from around the area. I'm not sure. And how many times they did Kevin are. Jones won the Majestic? Was it the last two or last three? I thought it was just the last one, but I could be wrong. I haven't I'm looked that sure. deeply into that. Look at it. James Conrad yeah, finished last 12th. Year. And the okay. writer of the writer of this article First, says perhaps yeah. on a bit of cruise control. <laughs> he's so, like, man, I'm just happy to be chilling. He's no, like, yeah, uh, just, just he's won, won it twice. Kevin Jones has won the last two Majestics. Okay. So Jessica Weiss takes it down to full away from. So Ellen Widboom was who was uh, leading it, and Jessica Weiss took it over her. This is Weiss's first win on the Majestic. She's a She's an FPO household name, not always heard about, but she's she's up there. For sure. I mean, she's there. Um, is she the one that tours with Garrett Gerthy? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, I believe yes. Close, close friends, and they may be together. I'm not sure. I can't remember, but she's a household name that everybody should know. Another yes. name that's a household name uh, from the European side is Albert Tom. Um, seeing yes. his name on the, in the mm-hmm. top 10 is, is exciting. It's nice. To see, I think, I, I believe he's Estonian as well. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, he's from Estonia. And to see more and more, we talked about this last week with Kristen, Kristen Tatar at Worlds, is seeing some more and more people come over from the European side to finally be back touring. Well, exactly. I mean, we used to have it all the time. And now since COVID, since COVID it's just been like, it's been crazy. I mean, I totally understand. It's just like, it's good to see them back and see them placing really, really well in these oh, yeah. tournaments. Um, Hayden and I were talking about this earlier this week, is the professionalism in in the European scene is something just to be sought after. Oh, we yeah. talked about that a lot last week with, you know, the guy with the American flex shorts and yeah. Yeah. What the, I was listening to that. And I was like, I, I remember exactly what you were talking about. And I didn't even have to rewatch the coverage. I was like, what is going on? You can never unsee Why? it. No, you can't. And you never I mean, I, it. I, it's kind of a stigma that the, the sport's just going to have to, I guess, pass Get through. Over. Yeah. To get to that point of professionalism, but I mean, you you still get that in mm-hmm. household sports. Like, I mean, soccer, you have crazy fans, you have NBA yeah. crazy fans. Like, so it's it's normal to have, but we're just gonna have to push through that that envelope. I think no of doubt. where our sport started. Yeah. So, and while we're talking about that, I know we're we're still in the middle of, uh, of majestic. I want to shout out a uh, good friend of mine that's in Sweden, Max Forgetnig, giving us our first five star review. Hey, thanks, on Max. Apple Podcast. <laughs> So we have gone international, if you're listening to this, episode two, and we've already gone international uh, with a five-star review. So hoping that Max can get over to the United States to, to, to play some tournaments over here soon. 
Um, but awesome to see that just European players getting over here. Yeah, absolutely awesome. So I want to bring up one talking point with you guys. Um, between Clash of the Canyon and the Majestic, in my opinion, and this is an opinion only, but the Majestic should have been a Silver Series over Clash of the Canyon, or at least moving into the future, I would prefer to see the Majestic either as a Silver Series Maybe they knock out a couple of holes, make it more of a traditional 18, and put it on the Pro Tour. What are y'all's thoughts on that? Was it on the Pro Tour in the past? It has not been that I've seen. Don't think it, it has always kind ever of been. It. It's probably overtaken by the Preserve now. I think so. It may not be because the, mm-hmm. the Preserve is a national it's huge. No, so Preserve is Pro Tour. It was added it last year yeah, okay. to replace. Right. Something got taken off the the rotation with covid and so pro mm-hmm. tour scrambled and kale had just right. gotten done building his courses and said i'll host which you which is absolutely beautiful and course. nico's coming yeah. back to defend that title and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm sure a, he yeah, is I, that course looked great oh yeah very excited okay. to see it on coverage again this year and to see what kale may have done with the property because that was mm-hmm. one of three courses he's putting on that property yeah excuse me is he only have one up there now I mean, if you the, look at his the Instagram... The preserve last year was just one. On Kale's Instagram? Oh my gosh. Like, just the stuff he's doing on there is crazy. And yeah. these courses are going to be really nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, heard, you already I mean, you already heard about the other one, but like, it's right. fantastic. You've heard, uh, I'm wrong, I believe it was GK Pro coverage, Luke Humphreys talking about that Kale has, Kale's the Jay-Z of... Pretty much. He <laughs> set the standard of what it looks like to finish your, your not finish your career, but, but take, pretty much but pretty much set up yourself after. Well, it was basically, it's like, hey, I'm not going into doing any coverage. I want to do courses. And yeah. literally that's what he's been doing in running tournaments. Mm-hmm. And he's done an insane job to put yeah. He's done a great job. With this golf yeah. tour. So, and that'll be, while well, we're talking about the preserve, that'll be uh, at the end of this month, starting on July 30th, will be the preserve championship. Which is going to be great. And then you have Ledgestone right after that, which yeah, is... Yeah, we have a lot of big no, it's coming up. It's going to... So, so many. It's going to be crazy. This is getting into the really just mm-hmm. no weeks off. No. Uh, just pushing forward more and more yep. and more. So... I agree. But, I mean, I'd like to see the Majestic become more of a series that you see and more Silver Series. Um just because you know it's there's household names that you know and like, I mean, exactly kind of I mean why would you not that would get so much coverage mm-hmm. and so much right. so much views and Minnesota's huge for exactly well. so you might as I mean you might as well just do it I mean I don't know where you're going to cut your losses and others but I think you should at least consider it uh-huh. like the names I and, see here that are easily recognizable so Kale Laviska obviously Garrett Gerthy is there Kevin Jones Nate Perkins Albert Tom. Thomas Gilbert, James Conrad, Jordan Castro, Casey White. I mean, that's I know more of those guys than I did some of the guys playing over at Clash. I, so. I think for this, it may have been a distance thing, too. If you think it was in Utah with yeah. the championships going straight Maybe. to Minnesota versus going to Illinois. And being in Illinois, the next, I believe the next tournament is the Des Moines. Des Moines, Des Moines. Which, isn't that Iowa? That's which Iowa, Iowa, which so, is right next door. Right. So distance-wise, it may have made more sense for some people's tours, and they planned it out to be playing uh, the Silver Series. And because it, the Silver Series does count towards disc golf It points. does. True. So, True. I mean, it may be a decision on that. But Silver Series are supposed to be events that could be pro tour. Yes. Future, correct? Yes. I believe that's the way they set it up. Um, but I'm not 100% sure. Testing area for it. I think so, but it's to help the... 
people that are not your household names that you see every time right. get to a point where they can play these tournaments mm-hmm. um, and be on the big show. No doubt. So I definitely would love to see it. So mm-hmm. good question. I wonder where the Majestic Falls in the top courses on disc. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up. I mean, I'm cool. sure it's like at least top 50. Yeah. Speaking of courses, I know we're just kind of running off some other points here. Did you see Avery Jenkins post earlier this week? He's played. It was like almost over. A, He's uh, played disc golf courses so many disc golf Too courses. Many. It, was like, <laughs> it was like over a thousand. Yeah, it's he ridiculous. A of like his U-disc pins. Yeah. And it was just insane. It's like, it was absolutely absurd. Yeah, he played some in Colorado that I was like, okay, maybe I could go play this. 1,150 like, courses Good played. God. At the halfway point of the 2021 season, he was asking, you know. I could probably count on, nah, I could, nah more than two hands. Yeah, he's played disc golf courses in 49 states and 21 countries. That's insane. <laughs> it's crazy. No, it just came to mind when we were talking about different courses, but I mean, that is just absolutely insane. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the tournament wrap-up. Ooh. Uh, Sorry, I just looked. I just pulled up the U Disc 2020 Top 100 courses, and uh, the Canyons at Delwood are number five on U Disc, and Bluebird Pines oh. is number six on U Disc. This wow. is this is 2020. Uh, the grade this year. The Canyons grade is 95.61, and Blue Ribbons is 95.57. And I don't think they've released a 2021. A full, maybe not a so, full yeah. update of this. So what we were referencing earlier was from Disc Golf Pro Tour mm-hmm. in a screenshot mm-hmm. that they had on their Instagram. So I'm not sure where they may have gotten that, but either way, they may have gotten theirs from PDGA or something of that nature. Yeah, it's still awesome. I mean, if you're in the top ten, that's I mean, it's absurd. It's absurd. Yeah, it, yep. it, it, fantastic. Something for another podcast to talk through some of those courses to see which ones we could maybe go play in like the southeast and stuff where we're at would be awesome to go do. Yeah. For sure. Um, well, moving on, that's kind of the wrap up from uh, this weekend. And what is up next in the uh, schedule for the Pro Tour? I think so. It's Des Moines. Des Moines. And that's a new one to the Pro Tour, correct? Yes. They didn't have it last year, correct? They no. did not have it for 2020. I think the hard part for me is I wasn't following through the yeah. 2019 season. And I know their yeah. schedule was bigger then. But I do know this year they announced like they had added a lot of new events to the schedule. So July 9th through 11th is the Des Moines Challenge presented by Discraft. And then you've got Deglo, so Discraft Great Lakes Open. I got Deglo, nice. And the next week, July 23rd. Deglo is the one that's on the toboggan course, right? Yes. <coughs> Indeed. Yeah. Um, real quick, we're on PGA at the moment. Just pulled up Kevin Jones to see kind of who was where the next turns were headed. Um, I hope this is still happening with him traveling. Kevin Jones is supposed to head over to the Estonian open, which is obviously in Estonia. And I don't know about the dates. Those don't really line up for his things. He may not be doing it now with Deglo happening, but that'd be awesome to see Kevin go over and play the Estonian open. So well, it's no on, there. on pro tour. I think the Estonian open didn't, not that it it's got a, canceled. It's eight here. I don't, okay, I, I don't think I don't think it's on the pro tour. Well, okay, so the national tour. I know PDGA had a there was a there was a championship that all the players were really excited to announce that was happening in Europe, and it seemed like the pro tour and PDGA had come together mm-hmm. to make that happen. 
because I want to say Nate Sexton, Paul Macbeth, like at the beginning of this year when they were announcing their tour schedules, they had announced this. I'm pulling up Instagram right now. Right, okay. Also, I, I mean, find... at the top of this for the Estonian Open, we'll have to look into this um, and get back to you on it next next week. But yeah, Eagle's supposed to be playing it as well. Same with Charlie Goodpasture from an Is American it guy. July 14th through 18th? It's on here as July 22nd through the 24th in Estonia. Huh. Okay, so there's the European Open. There's the PCS Sula Open, which was supposed to happen July 7th through 10th. I want to say that got canceled, or at least is no longer. It, the Americans aren't going over. And then we've got the European Open, July 14th through 18th. I believe that is an NT. Now, that's on Paul Macbeth's 2021 uh, schedule. Mm-hmm. Let me check Sexton. Yeah, I definitely I seeing we we uh, scrolling through here, um, seeing my buddy Max on the list for the Estonian Open. So I will reach out to him um, in between now and next week's uh, recording and find out if the Estonian Open's happening and what the details are on that. Which would be cool to honestly have him comment back on how he played yeah. and how like it went down. Mm-hmm. That would be real cool. Yeah, I'll definitely we could shoot to have him on after the Estonian Open would be really cool. Yeah, we'll talk through it. That'd mm-hmm. be awesome. That'll be interesting. And so, I mean, I know with Europe, there's a lot of uh, things up in the air with uh, with COVID. travel, COVID. Yeah. Amy and I are absolutely obsessed with Formula One, and there's been a ton of cancellations all over Europe. Sucks uh, from from COVID still. So hopefully that does still happen, being a couple weeks out. Um, but again, that kind of wraps up where we're headed. But this weekend, but so upcoming, we have Estonia Open if it does happen, and then immediately this week is the Des Moines Challenge, I believe. Yes. Yeah, this week, this yeah, this weekend, Friday, mm-hmm. which should be the full roster of everybody. Myself, yep. Beth, I mean, yeah. everybody. You're going to see everybody there. Mm-hmm. Which do we know who's covering that? I would assume everybody. It's a yeah. pro tour. Yeah, true. Do you know about that, Justin? Who's covering? I'm on that the pro tour. Yeah, I'm on the pro tour cover pro tour website right now. Um, it is not telling me immediately who is covering that though if i had to guess i'm sure it's you know at least joe mez and central coast Mm -hmm. interesting the vip spectator passes are sold out how many do they sell it does not say just says sold out then general admission spectator pass they apparently still have some in stock as well as the friday vip spectators so the single day spectators except for sunday which would be the end of the tournament Interesting. I was trying to yeah, see. Jomez, where Jomez will it. not be there. Jomez's next tournament is Discraft at Great Lakes Open. Okay. So that is uh, mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Wonder if it's Gatekeeper or GK. I'm not sure. It might be. But either way, I mean that's that's going to be a phenomenal tournament to be on the Pro Tour. Um, hopefully, we'll see um, some coverage. Again, we have talked about it a lot to not see the uh, majestic last weekend definitely would, would hate to not see that. Yeah, I'm not seeing anywhere where they're Gatekeeper's saying Gatekeeper's not going to be on there. Yeah, I'm not seeing Gatekeeper covered either. On their what about schedule. GK Pro? Did GK Pro announce? We're about to look. Let's see. Doing this in real time, listeners. We're doing this in real time. <laughs> we are. I'm scrolling through their event website right now. Yep, uh, GK Pro will be there. Okay. Okay. Being that they being that they were at Clash of Kings, yeah, it makes we'll sense. See them immediately, uh, right after that. So interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely interesting seeing the tour. And I mean, like I said, this is coming off of COVID. 
there are still some regulations and stuff, but as things get lifted, I'm sure there will probably be some changes that are for coverage and, and whatnot. But definitely we'll see Great Lakes Open will be full force in coverage. I think we just got spoiled, man. I mean, episode one, we, we came off of so much to talk about with the World Championships. There was three full cards of men's coverage every single time Yeah, to be able to see. And I wonder with this being a new a new event, if some of these more established coverage um, channels and post production companies are like, no, we'll, we'll take our two weeks off. We'll come back for D Glow. Everybody loves D Glow. Like we know we can make our money on D Glow. We'll just you know we'll take our time, build our Patreon, etc. Yeah, um, getting into some more tournament stuff that's coming up. Uh... Justin, you want to talk about the Ledgestone and how they have a ton of spectators expected? Yeah, so I was on Instagram. Let me see if I can pull this up. I should have had it already ready to go. But I was on Instagram, was looking at Ledgestone, because Ledgestone is one of the few events where, like, you can follow everything they put out. And so they post this picture, and they say, this is three days ago, they say, we are thrilled that Ledgestone will have a full boat of spectators this year. And then obviously, you heard hashtag here first. Ledgestone, Ledgestone will have... Boats. <laughs> they even have a water. Full, Yamaha, a full Yamaha boat. sponsored. <laughs> full boat. So that's interesting because we, you know, we just got to talk with Worlds about how they had to have a cap for COVID, and right. I think I think Ledgestone almost in a way was responding to that coverage and commentary, talking about spectators and them being up north where the COVID restrictions have been a little bit tighter, especially last year, like Ledgestone last mm-hmm. year. Just did not feel the same without there no, being people sure. all over the I mean, place. I mean, it's like those big tournaments. You just kind of have to. Yeah, and speaking of big tournaments, I just pulled up uh, Ledgestone. So let's say twelve hundred, seventeen hundred. Oh my god! Players registered for Ledgestone. Whew. That's and that's a of course lot. over all of the different uh, divisions, but good. that's huge. There's a lot of people. Eighteen hundred amateur positions. How much is that registration? Uh, how much does the registration cost? I don't know. Probably a lot. Probably. That's actually not too bad. Only a little over 150 bucks. Oh. Shoot. It's just your flight out there. Yeah. All right, Hayden, you're going to go play Leadstone? We'll support you. No, dude. You can be the first, you can be the first part sponsored player. Hey, I would. On the pro uh, That would be, we, we don't want it. That's like insider trading. We, <laughs> <laughs> we can't sponsor our own, our own hosts. Oh man. No, I've got two tournaments coming up and I've, I got to get back into it. And so I've, I've been preparing and Mitch is going to help me. So we're going to see how it goes. But I don't know if you want to read the last point, Justin, um, but I read over it quite quickly and it's kind of controversy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So part of your PDG membership, if you are a member, and if not, I still think you should get one, especially you can play tournaments, get ratings. But they also send you stuff in the mail like Disc Golfer Magazine, um, which this month's semester's quarters, because I think it's quarterly. So this quarter's art, this quarter. uh, magazine, the very last article in the magazine, like they knew they had to wait till the last moment, was an opinion piece. And it was an opinion on limiting discs carried in your bag. So he referenced it to golf, where in golf you can only have 14 clubs. If you break a, you know, if you break a club, you can't replace it till after the tournament is over. Which I, oh, know, I didn't we know do. That. Have, mm-hmm. 
I'm pretty sure you have, you have to play, or not tournament, but after the round is over. I apologize. So between yeah. rounds, you can replace your club, which I know with the PDGA rules, and I don't want to misspeak. I heard that on their podcast, but I believe if you lose a disc, you have to wait till your round is over to replace that disc. Um, but the idea he was making here is, you know, the, the discs for us are our tools for golfers, their clubs. Why is it they can only have 14, but we can sit, and, you know, and he didn't reference, but if you look at, you know, Ricky Wysocki Zuka cart, the man is Ricky Wysocki's not rocking a Zuka. He's rocking a Ridge Roller. Yeah, he's got a okay. Ridge Roller. Which Regardless, is, I mean, crazy. <laughs> no, is it Ridge Roller or is it Delta Cart? It's one of those two. I don't want to know. Ricky I don't. Wysocki. I don't. I don't. I don't pay attention to that very closely, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. Sorry if we misspoke. Is that but. saying that Ricky should do better about talking about <laughs> the <laughs> I don't know. I mean, does oh, he have to? I don't know. It's, but look, it's covered in stickers. It has a seat on it. He rolls it around. Right. And it's yeah, got like a So there you go. <laughs> some plastic dinner plates. He gets the job done. Yeah. Two-time world championship. Let's move on. No. Uh, yeah. So the from, the, from the article, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting opinion. The... I love the, the quote, most pros would start, if, like in golf, could the ball golfer perform better if there were no limit on that number? Almost certainly. And most pros would start carrying six drivers and 27 witches. Caddies would be <laughs> hospitalized and the resulting equipment <laughs> wars would be absurd. I honestly, that statement though, I mean, realistically, golf is an old game. I don't think they would. They're, they're used to it. It wouldn't. Uh, do you think people would change after? You I think to a certain clubs? bit, like because I mean, when you get down to wedges, I believe that would change. Drivers, that you won't have as much change. I think just because I mean, it's like regular golf, but a lot of people have played golf. I don't think that change would be different on the higher speed clubs versus your low speed kind of approach clubs. And I think it would be the same. I mean, I don't know. It's either a very way, controversial I mean, right. topic. Either way, it's a rule. Oh, yeah, with, for with, sure. With golf, I mean, yeah. you can only carry a certain amount. Anything and that's why you only buy sets. You can only buy sets of 14. Right. This is actually new to me. I've never been a ball golfer. Yeah. I've never really done a lot of sports with my hands. I was a soccer player. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> it's funny. I hate that I always joke about it, but all of our friends who played soccer growing up, we all now play this golf. Yeah, which pretty is much. hilarious. Um, but it's definitely a controversial topic. Um and it goes on this article to say that, I mean, the guy that wrote this article um, ran a one-disc round an extremely long home course. And it's definitely super interesting to hear, like, the different levels and varying skill levels played um, only throwing one disc. And you have some players, I know there's a guy around the Atlanta area named Martin that uh, works for Prodigy, and he only throws, like, nine discs or something carrying his back. And he's... It's very little. It's very, very, very little. So I mean, it's it's a controversial thing. I mean, I mean you I, you I started I started carrying less. Yeah, I recently got um, an upper part shift, and I love it. I'm only carrying maybe 15 discs max, like including my two or three putters. So I mean, I'm enjoying it. It's less decisions I mean, compared on the course. to mine. I carry a crap ton. <laughs> well, I started shortening it, but like I because I hate carrying that weight. Yeah, that pro- old Prodigy bag is just it's it's heavy. Right. Which I love Prodigy, but. Their bags are heavy. <laughs> so let me... So I want, the original, I wanna, original Yeah, BP I have the original BP1, so... Yeah. So, so on this opinion of, of limiting discs, do you think they should limit discs carried in the bag or molds carried in the bag? Like, if you show, um, to, if you show to a tournament, would, should you say, hey, I've got... I can only have, you know, I don't know, 
uh, you can only have two driver molds. Okay, well, I'm first off, I don't, I don't think that this could Zeus. happen anywhere other than the pro no, store. No, I don't think no, so. No, no absolutely, going to be absolutely. In the bags it's of, not going to be us. Right, it's, it's not going to affect There's us no personally. Yeah, unless. One day we get it to there, right. but like it's going to be definitely pro tour where it's well, it would, it would be a top down start for sure of any kind exactly. of no doubt. and over time your local A tiers and C tiers who are trying to eventually you know who are trying to look yeah. like they'll grow into it. But yeah, that's just for I mean, sure, and that's why I, I wrote down only touring pros because I mean Joe Schmo, we're still going to roll up with our tw- like I have like twenty five discs in my bag. Exactly. I mean, I, I, to your point, I don't think it'll be molds. I think it'll just be total disc. I think. Yeah, I think then total disc is a lot fairer. Then it's up to the players because it's the same thing with golf. Like you don't have to technically like you could carry all drivers if you wanted to, but you ain't gonna do well. <laughs> yeah, so it's You're I mean, with your three wood. I, I mean, it'd be interesting though if they did limit the molds. I mean, that would be very interesting, but I don't think that would happen first. I think just the number of set discs. That well, you let's have. let's talk about this too. What would that change? What what really would that affect? Because you have people that throw this. I throw this destroyer every single overstable shot. You know, like what would that really? Change? Would that be a big thing for top pros? Know, to say, but hey, like, only I don't know their bags that well. So, like, yeah. I mean, at least in my mind, and I know in yours, I carry at least one of the same disc yeah. just in case. Right. And a lot of the times they do different stuff, and sometimes so, those backups don't get thrown exactly. Around. So it's like. I mean, I get it, but to the same point, I mean, a lot of us already are over-prepared, and that's why they're in there. Right. Well, I mean, you think to some pros, I mean, I think you think Calvin Heimberg with his, uh, the rhino he's thrown forever. You think Ricky oh, and his, his pig. You think, I mean, there's, there's oh, certain yeah. pros you think of that throw a specific disc. Yes. And they're not carrying more mm-hmm. than one of those. Nope. And we've talked about it before. I'm not going to re- get backups an approach putter. No. Because I'm not really losing that that much. No. It'll be drivers, it'll be mid-ranges, it'll be right. fairways. It's literally the ones that you're, you have control of, but you don't have that ultimate control. Right. So, I don't know. That's, I mean, just, I mean, I know you and Mitch talked about it earlier, um, about getting another A3. Um, <laughs> I don't have was, an A3. <laughs> well, or Mitch getting another A3. And right. I have, I have two A2s and one A3. That's it. I don't need anything else. Because you're not going to use, you're not going to lose that disc very often, right? So, yeah, my, I mean, I mean compared to your dri- total fluke, yeah, <laughs> right. which sucks. Uh, oh, I'm but, so mad. I mean, compared to the <laughs> the drivers that you have in your bag or your right. mid ranges, I mean, not so much for me, but <laughs> I think for other the top, people. I think at the top level, it would bring an interesting thing to kind of like come full circle on on the topic. I think it'd be an interesting thing to see how pros bags would change. Because I think there is some pros that throw those specific discs. Mm -hmm. Then you have some pros, one that comes to mind is Nate Sexton. He throws a lot of molds that no one else throws. The Orc, the Dart, the Rat. I mean, he's throwing some of these Innova molds that no one else throws. He's very good at it. Yeah, and it works for him. But then you have also guys that are only throwing one specific mold for every driver shot. I mean, but also Nate does the same thing. I mean, when is he not throwing a Sexton Firebird? True. True story. But he also on, carries like five yeah, sex fibers. Yeah, one's overstable, one's flippier. Yeah, yeah I, I wonder mean, if there so, would be a way to like, there's not a way we could do it, but I wonder if there's a poll or something of how many molds, or not how many molds, how many discs are most pros carrying? I don't know. I mean, we, at least early on, you used to have a lot of them do in the bags. Mm-hmm. So you knew how many. They're not as consistent, They're not as, as, consistent they as they used to be. So, I mean, you could technically go back and like maybe document like 
average what they're carrying. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, most like the grip bags, the bigger bags, twenty are, or so, are between twenty five and thirty discs. Yeah. I assume max. But yeah. similar, similar to what you guys were saying about your own bags, they're you know they're carrying backups like how many how many Zeus's yeah. is in Paul's bag or Hades right, which yeah, to exactly. Bennett and, and Bennett Nygaard you know our, our audience and Bennett I love that you're still listening in but um he does bring up a question with this is if we limited desk discs would that actually help pros sell their discs better because you could only carry a certain amount so you would specify which ones you are carrying Maybe. I mean, if you if you look at go well, Paul's bag is only his tour series, and then, then there's no you know, uh, like with a destroyer, you don't have just a Calvin Heimberg destroyer. You've got a Waisaki destroyer, and you've yeah. got a Winster and a, a, right. a Philo, and a, yeah. yeah, you're right about that. So it would change so you, a lot. Mm-hmm. So it might it might actually make either selling or not selling. It might even tell companies, well, turns out this pro kind of stinks because we can't sell his bag. Because he doesn't do all well, all that well. Yeah, I think, and yeah. to mine comes to Big Germ. Now, granted, I love Big Germ, but if Big Germ were to have a Big Germ only bag, the Thunderbird is the only thing that sells for him. The other discs he uses are maybe maybe the AVR X3. He could maybe sell that one. Right. Because um, I've never seen a man for well. He forehands that thing beautifully. I just I, I love watching how. him throw the AVR X3. I don't know we how either. Him, we watched him throw it at the United States Championships. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, literally, he, we were walking with him pretty much on hole seven. On hole seven, and he just flicks it, and I was like, "How did you flick that thing that far?" It was crazy. Was it's like, like ultimate. What? It's like an ultimate frisbee to him. That's all it is. Yeah. It's a smaller ultimate disc. Yeah, it really is beautiful. It's pretty overstable though. More money so, and less production. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of agree to that, but I don't know. I think Bennett's I mean, got a point. He does. And, I mean, it just brings up a whole new questions for everything now. I, mean, I think that, you, I think one, to play devil's advocate, I think that one thing that would happen is that would make it harder for rec players to buy discs because pro discs are so expensive to go out and buy a Paul Macbeth, Hades, or a Luna, or the Pierce Fierce, or a Sexton Firebird. If you can get it fresh out of the factory... Your art, you know, your MSRP is like twenty bucks, eighteen to twenty. If you miss it, and then you really want that disc, because that's who your favorite pro is, or whatever. But you play wreck. Now you're on all these Facebook, um, you know, auction pages, collector pages, and these guys are going to flip these discs for like fifty to more, you know, dollars. So that might oh, be yeah, one sure. downside is is the collectors market will have a huge boom, but then you might lose some of the wreck players who are like, hey, I just wanted to buy a driver, but all I see is these you know, names I don't recognize in fancy plastics. Yeah, I agree. And don't mind Mitch right now because he's trying to clean up his mess. He had a party foul and spilled his Ooh. Oh, it caught, it caught the edge of a microphone cord. It wasn't my fault. It's Mitch's fault. Use your air. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We got a towel right nearby, so it should be There fine. you go. But, yeah, that brings up a good point, and I don't really know. I mean... You even see it right now with the disc golf market as it is because everybody's wanting to get outside. And, like, I mean, the numbers on the cost, at least, alone for disc is crazy. So, I don't know. It, it brings up a good and different world how it's going to play out. So, I don't know. It'd be interesting. Yeah. I'd love to see some, you know, players actually talk about this, like pro tour players talk about it to see yeah, I'd what love to their see if- were ideas are. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that opinion piece will will move that conversation down the board, mm-hmm. or if you know the, the PDGA board of directors brings it up. Um, 
because it's, it's definitely an idea. I think for professionalism, it looks okay. That way you don't look like, because the idea is right to grow out of this, you know, humble roots, grassroots beginnings of, mm-hmm. you know, the disc golfer who's out in the woods with a backpack on. Because, like, for me, I love having a ridiculous amount of Frisbees in my bag. Do I throw all of them? No, which is unfortunate. I actually know which discs need to come out of it. I just haven't put them in the box. What is it? Uh, our friend Andrew, he, he carries discs in his bag specifically so the discs don't move around and make noise when he walks. He hates yeah. it for some yeah. reason. I don't know I, why. I'm the same. I actually think I'd be the same. I love that tight looking bag. For me, that is just, it's like an aesthetically pleasing, I don't know, it's funny. But people say, I, hey, Justin, what do you like in a bag? You're like, man, I like it. I like that tight looking Tight. Bag. <laughs> Well, that's going on a t-shirt, but uh, <laughs> uh, there you go, Haley. We found it for you. We found your quote. Here's your t-shirt. <laughs> um, His bag thick. <laughs> but I do think for Jeez. professionalism, having, you know, knowing there's a limited amount of discs does add to that professional look of the tour. Just like, you know, and we can talk about this in a later podcast, but mm-hmm. should they wear collared shirts? Should they have an earbud in? You know, if you're yeah. playing on a professional level, what does that mean by professional? But that can be a later conversation. Yeah, right. I agree. Well, cool. Let's wrap this thing up to get into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, this is, we're recording live on Spotify green room. If you follow me at Mitch Phillips, you follow Justin at Justin Killaway. Hayden, what the heck is your name on here? It should be just Hayden. Um, only Mr. Hayden. Only Mr. Hayden. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yep. That's amazing. Been your name on Xbox and everything. For my, so my now you know his tag, Xbox so. uh, gamer tag. I don't play Xbox anymore, but it's still my gamer tag. Only so. Mr. Hayden. We're all like being professional. It's like it's only Mr. Hayden. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I can great. change it though. It doesn't really matter though. Oh yeah. Well, goodness. Well, yeah. It's been an awesome episode too. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Hayden. Do you have any other uh, final points you want to make as we close this thing out? No, it was fun. I'm glad to be on here and look forward to next week and bring some more topics into it. I don't know. I mean, with this tournament coming up um, this weekend, it should be interesting. I mean, compared to what we just saw. So, right. New Disc Golf Pro Tour event. Exactly. New venue. It'll be Mm -hmm. a lot of fun. I'm excited so. to hopefully be with you guys and live next hopefully, week. yeah, I was going to say that. Is yeah, hopefully Justin's Justin can be here and we can at least help me prepare for the long course that I will have to endure in two weeks. Yeah, you, will watch we'll me do, you will watch me throw shank jobs, but I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely follow us on Instagram at Parked Podcast and we'll be uh, going live sometime on Saturday, I believe, um, to be playing disc golf with the three of us and just doing some fun stuff. Um, again, that's Parked Podcast on Instagram. Um, Justin, you have any other closing points before we close this thing up? I do not. Just thank you for working with me and my flubs and calling Noah Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Noah, if you listen to hey, this, maybe his I'm, middle name's Tyler, you know? We don't you know. You never know. I mean, but hey, it's flaws. It happens. It happens. <laughs> hey, well, this is episode two. You're listening. You have been listening to Parked Podcast. Uh, this is a disc golf podcast. We are excited to be here. I'm Mitch Phillips. Alongside me is Hayden Ricard and Justin Killaway. Um, definitely we'll see you over on Instagram at Parked Podcast and hit us up here on Monday nights at 9 p.m. over on Spotify Green Room. And we will definitely uh, be excited for episode three and covering the Des Moines Challenge in Iowa, correct? Iowa. Okay, I, was, yep. I almost said Illinois. Yes. <laughs> we all want to. States. In a state that no one lives <laughs> in. Fly over state. Sorry if you live in Iowa, my bad. Um, but again, this has been Parked, a disc golf podcast. Thank you for listening. And until next time, peace. See you guys. See ya.